Welcome to the 2019 Wealth Standard Podcast, Season 1, Capitalism. And now your host, Patrick Donahoe. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Financial Friday. And we have a familiar face and name. His name is Gene Guarino. He's the president of Residential Assisted Living Academy. And uh, we are going to uh, be talking about his business and some of the opportunity that exists in the residential assisted living space, specifically with residential properties, not assisted living like big commercial buildings and so forth. But I'm really excited because this is a topic of conversation that I see as just a huge, huge opportunity, not just in housing, but in all the different ways in which we could be of value and service to the aging population. But Gene's been on before. And so if you're new listeners, we're going to post all of the links to the previous podcast and the show notes so you guys can take a listen uh, to that. You're going to love this guy. He has an amazing voice. And I'm not going to say, Gene, you have a face for radio because you have an amazing face too. So you have an amazing voice and an amazing face. First off, well, yeah, welcome. thanks for joining me, Gene, and uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be back. Good to be back. Well, Gene, let's just dive into it. We have a very similar philosophy in regards to just like the huge opportunity that exists with providing services to the aging population because it is just a massive, massive challenge that most people don't even realize. And it's kind of like staring me in the face because I pay attention to statistics and government spending and deficits and social security deficiencies. And I pay attention to all that financial stuff. Most people don't though. And they're not realizing that this is a silver tsunami. It's a wave that isn't like going to die. Like it's there and it's going to be in our face before we know it. So maybe let's speak to that generally first, and then we'll get into the housing situation. Sure. When we talk about older people, I mean, you said it, all those demographic facts and figures, it's simply undeniable. So when we say the silver tsunami of seniors is coming, it's hitting the shore right now. And somebody like myself, who's a baby boomer, but I'm not on the front edge, which they're 72, 73 years old, the front edge of the baby boomers right now, they're hopefully enjoying their retirement, playing pickleball, golf, tennis, but some of them need help. So that assistance, that assisted living means they're living someplace where they're getting help, they're needing that help. And the big, big crisis is there's not enough caregivers. There's not enough people to take care of them. So the kids can't just quit their job. They're in the prime of their earning career. They're taking care of their kids and their grandkids, and they've got their parents above them. So it's a real, like you said, a real crisis for a lot of people that financially can't afford to hire somebody to come in to take care of mom or dad. So now they need to be brought to someplace. And that's not inexpensive either. And uh, like you said, it's staring you in the face. And I think all of us that are in an age where our parents are 80 and 90 years old, my parents have both passed away, but 80 or 90, by that point, some of them need some serious help and assistance. And when you start to price that out, it's very expensive. So when you look at that, you say, well, which side of that equation do I want to be on, the giving or the receiving side? So there's a huge opportunity to do good and do well, which is where we were talking about. I can speak to this directly with direct experience because my parents are the front end of the baby boomer generation. And it's been interesting because my dad is like, he ingrained in us like work, 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 work hard, go all out with everything that you do. And he was that way. And he's had knee surgery and he's had some eye stuff going on and ear, he couldn't hear forever. Anyway, it's like you start to see your parents, right? And even though they want to be active and they want to be playing pickleball or doing those things, they're just physically not able. So you have different stages of retirement where you have some go-go years where it's just like, go, 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 go for five, 10 years in retirement. But then after that, like your body, it's affected and you need help. And that's where I, I would say, 
my parents or other individuals, there's certain people that have prepared for it, right? Where they have a plan, they understand what that future need is going to be. But there's a lot of people that just aren't looking past two years, past three years, and it's going to catch people off guard. And, and kids are going to have to quit their jobs or figure out a way to keep their parents at home, right? Because there's just simply not enough retirement assets to be able to sustain a 10, 15 years in that in some sort of facility or uh, housing that gives them uh, assistance. Yeah. And, and usually for most people listening, I want to make sure you understand when we say assisted living, most people aren't in there for 10 or 15 years or so, but it's that three to five years that drains hundreds of thousands of dollars, which in most people's accounts, that's their entire estate. Yeah. Uh, and that's the future inheritance that a lot of people that are listening may be expecting to get or hope they would receive. But we have people move in and they're with us for three years. And they're spending 6000 a month. And six times 36 is a lot of money when you think about their house, their income, and so on. Before you know it, they spend a ton of money. And it's usually an event. I wanted to say that too, that something happens. Like you said, it, it kind of comes upon us. But the reality is you can be living just fine. And then somebody gets a little bit older, they fall out of bed. And next thing you know, they do need that constant care, that help. And somebody needs to make decisions. And all of a sudden, that money is starting to flow out of your household or out of that estate pretty quickly. And it really does add up fast. So if you make some good decisions right now, you can be receiving that income now and having a great place for mom and dad and or yourself to live in. We're going to take a short break in just a second. But when we come back, let's talk specifically about assisted living, that window. Because I want to, I'm curious about that window. And then also, what are typically the options people have and how does your niche fit into that? So we'll talk specifically about that after this short break from our sponsors. Hey, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. My book, the Amazon bestseller, Heads I Win, Tales You Lose, a financial strategy to reignite the American dream, is completely changing the way people look at saving, wealth, and retirement. Want a sneak peek? Head on over to www.headsortailsiwin.com forward slash podcast for a free audio and text download of my favorite chapter. Again, that's headsortailsiwin.com forward slash podcast. Okay, we're back. And Gene, I think this is something that I want to understand because I pay attention a lot to technology and improvements to, to, to lifestyle. And I realized that there, we're on the brink of a lot of medical improvements that could totally prolong life. So what most people thought was the life expectancy of 80, 78 or 80 can extend in, into 90s potentially. But let's talk specifically about the period of time where you slot in, like the period of time where people can't live autonomously, they need some sort of assistance. And then when that escalates to actual in-home care, like a lot of care with their long-term care needs. Sure. And let me break it down for everybody who's listening to make sure we understand there's kind of different levels. It starts with independent living. And independent living is just that, somebody who is 55 or older living on their own or with their spouse, taking care of themselves, independent living. Sometimes you see communities that are age-restricted, adults only 55 and above. That's not assisted living. Then on the other side, you have nursing homes. That's so I'm going to give you the in-between in a minute. But nursing homes is a medical facility, doctors, nurses, gurneys, medication, and so on. That's a nursing home. So in between, sometimes people need help, assistance with their ADLs or activities of daily living. 
So that could be everything you did after you hit the snooze alarm today. It could be bathing, dressing, eating, medication management, and so on. Nobody moves into assisted living unless they need help. So it's not a vacation. It's not a country club. That's independent living. So they move in. They need help. Now, the kids were 50 or 60, right? The parents are typically 80 and 90. The kids don't have the full-time ability to take care of mom and dad, so they move them into this home. The average person in assisted living today is in their 80s, might be 82, 84. I've had residents as young as 49 and as old as 104. So both of those are unusual, but mid-80s is kind of the spot. They're going to be in that home for the rest of their life. That's where they typically pass away inside that home. And if you're a little squeamish about that, hey, we're all going to die. Have a conversation with a good friend if you don't know about that. But the point is, we're all going to pass away. Most of the people who move into assisted living do not go on to a nursing home. It's not like TV where they are lying in a hospital bed and flatlining. People just pass away in their sleep. And it's not all of a sudden when they're actively passing. Not to be morbid, just want to be clear that they're going to live in that home for a year or two or three. We've had some people in these homes for 10 years, but it's typically two to three years. That's how long they're in the home. The cost of that, by the way, just to make sure we know that is $4,000 a month is the current average in the U.S. That's an average home, including Medicare and Medicaid. It's not where I'm going to go. It's not where you're going to go. The private pay is five, six, seven, eight, ten thousand dollars $10,000 a month. And that's what people are literally paying to live in these homes. And that's a great thing on the business side. So maybe talk about the difference between traditional assisted living facilities mm-hmm. versus residential assisted living facilities for those that are listening that are new. Yeah. And I differentiate it by saying big box or residential. So the big box is what you probably have seen, 100 beds, 200 beds, 300 beds. It's a big facility. It might look like a hospital. It could have been a converted institution or hospital for that matter. There's brand new ones now that look like country clubs. They're amazing. They have 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollar complexes. You would be proud to live there yourself. It's a beautiful facility. But it's a big box, 100, 200, 300 people. So that means communal eating. There's bigger activities, lots of people. But think about mom, dad. She's lived in a home for all of her life. She doesn't want to move to a hotel. She doesn't want to live in an apartment complex. She wants to stay at home, in a home. So residential assisted living is exactly what it says. Residential, it's a home, might have 8, 10, 12 residents in that single family home. In a residential neighborhood, it's not gated or fenced. There's probably not a sign in front. It could be the house next door and you wouldn't even know it. So it's residential assisted living. One of the big advantages, Patrick, is the idea of caregivers. I mean, it's really not the house and how nice the lighting fixtures are. It's the caregivers. And in a big facility, you might have 150 people with 10 caregivers on staff during the day and two or three caregivers at night. But in a home where you have 10 residents, you'll probably have two caregivers on during the day and one at night. So 24-hour care, but the ratios of caregivers to residents is much better in a residential setting. And I think at that age, it's one of those, I think human beings always want connection, right? They will thrive off of our relationships, our intimate ones, our friendships. And later in life, I mean, this is where I think those really come into view as how vital they are for our livelihood, right? but just our experience in life. And that's where having good caregivers okay, makes a huge difference to, to longevity, happiness levels, health, and so forth. So that's a vital piece of this is when you care is actually taking place, it's having the right people giving that care. But at the same time, it's the right volume of attention, right? Yeah. And the community, just like you said, that they're living in, when you think about like 
I grew up in a family with seven kids, so there's lots of kids around. But when the kids start to move out and it's just mom and dad at home, and when one of them passes away and it's just mom in a big, huge house with four empty bedrooms, it just gets awful lonely. So being in a community of peers their own age where they can talk about things that they did way back when, and they can dance together, sing together, enjoy life together, it is huge. Well, now, so let's segue and talk about the opportunity, right? So you've been doing this for, I think, five or six years now, which is teaching people, right, how to find the right home, the type of home that has enough bedrooms that would make financial sense to convert it into an assisted living facility, residential assisted living facility. Okay, so talk about that, but then also use this time to talk about the new opportunity you have coming in 2019. Yeah, so I own and operate these homes in Arizona, but I train people all over the country how to do it in their own state. So I own and operate homes and I train people how to operate the homes and the real estate is an investment. So where to do it, how to do it, all that part, but the business is where the real money is made and the operations of it and doing it correctly. So those are the training itself, that's what it is. So there's people that literally just want to invest. They want to get in this game. They don't want to be an owner or operator. They just want to invest money and get a return. So we've already launched it, but there's a company that we're creating and launching and moving out, which is just investing in these types of residential assisted living homes. And so before we kind of move to some of the questions I have, what are some ways in which people can get a hold of you where they can learn more about the academy or maybe some of the things that you're up to, such as being able to learn more about this type of investment? Yeah, I'm going to give you three different things. So get ready to write it down. It'll be in the show notes. But R-A-L, which is Residential Assisted Living, but R-A-L-Academy.com is our main website. But the Family Legacy Homes, FamilyLegacyHomes.com, that's the website that we're just launching now for investing in these. And if you want to learn more about what Residential Assisted Living is, I've got a free introductory training that you can go to. It's R-A-L-101.com, R-A-L-101.com. Okay, so let's do this. We're going to cut to just a brief commercial. But what I want to to do when we come back is talk through what have you seen as the experience of your students that have actually gone and acquired homes, operated them, and what their experience was, what their success was, what were some of their challenges maybe. But then also segue into the importance of operations of this type of opportunity and then how really the investment opportunity you're clearly setting up in 2019 is going to help with that and the business associated with it. So We'll cut just briefly from a word from our sponsors, and then we'll be back in just a second talking about that. Hey, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. My book, the Amazon bestseller, Heads I Win, Tales You Lose, a financial strategy to reignite the American dream, is completely changing the way people look at saving, wealth, and retirement. Want a sneak peek? Head on over to www.headsortailsiwin.com forward slash podcast for a free audio and text download of my favorite chapter. Again, that's headsortailsiwin.com forward slash podcast. Okay. So, I mean, Gene, I know personally quite a few people that have gone and taken down to, to Phoenix and done your academy. And I've seen some incredible, incredible successes. Do you mind just maybe talking about the experience you've seen with students? Sure. There's a lot of people that want to get into this business. And that's why they come to the training to learn which part of it they want to get in. Mm Because I I jokingly say, but I'm completely serious. You're all going to get involved one way or the other. Either own the real estate, the business, both, or lie in a bed and write a check to somebody else who does. Mm -hmm. We're all going to get involved one way or the other. 
So when they come, I always tell them one of the fastest ways to get started is to buy an existing business, an existing home with the business in it already. Now, we call that paying for speed because you might spend $300,000 on the business plus whatever the value of the real estate is, but it's cash flowing immediately. And let's say it's getting you $10,000 a month in income, paying $300,000 for the business to earn that $10,000 a month. And those numbers are real and they're huge. You're right. But to get that, that's why they're willing to pay the $300,000. In our training, we teach them what to look for if they want to buy that, what's important, what to do, what not to do. But the other part of it is to, okay, instead of buying that existing business, come and we'll show you how to buy the right house in the right location, start the business. So it may take a year to get open, but you didn't pay the 300 grand up front. You maybe paid 100,000 along the way to get that house converted, get the business up and running to get to the same spot. So what's been the experience? Because that sounds, it sounds like a no brainer as far as the direction that, that you would go, right? To be able to cash flow right away at a really high, yeah. high amount, getting the property ready. Actually, you know, I'll reverse that. So and this you're, is not gonna, you're not going to cash flow right away. You're going to spend some time actually converting it until you start to cash flow, but the wait would be worth it. Yeah. And for everybody listening, this is great because Patrick, you and I had a little pre-conversation and I love the way you set it up because you said, tell me some of the problems people have, right? Yeah. So the experiences that people have, if they do it right, everything can be beautiful. But here's some of the things that you can do wrong. Buying a property or a house that's too small. If it's only licensed for six residents, it's really hard to be profitable. Just even if you're charging 10,000, well, if you're charging 10 grand a person, you're going to do just fine. But normally in that six bed facility, it's really hard. The only way to make money there is if you live in the house and you're the manager and you're the caregiver. It's not what I'm teaching you how to do, not what I encourage you to do. On the other hand, somebody who says, I'm going to buy an existing business, but they spend two, three million dollars on one that they could have created for a lot less than that if they just took the time and took the effort to get to that point. So I think they overpaid, right? That knowing what to pay and where to do it. One of the biggest mistakes people make is picking the wrong location. That's why we harp on that and really make sure that people do it right. It's location, location, location. A lot of people come to us, Patrick, and they say, I've got a house, perfect house. And I look at the house and I say, you're right, it's the perfect house. If you could just move it 30 miles to the west or the east or something, you're going to make money. But if it's in the wrong location, you and I aren't going to drive out to visit mom. The placement agents aren't going to place a somebody there in the home because they don't want to drive 30 miles to get out to that house. The caregivers can't get there because they don't have a car and there's no bus line. So location is critically important. I could go on and on. But some of the most successful students, not only did they do exactly what we said, here's where to do it, here's how to do it, here's how to get started, but then they just kept it going. I remember when uh, you were there, when Robert Kiyosaki, we were in a room and he was literally yelling at us, you're being lazy if you're not using other people's money. He drops the F-bomb all the time. We know that. But somebody asked him a great question. He said, what happens when you reach your goals? What do you do? And his response was brilliant. It was keep on going. It's all about the momentum. So our most successful students not only did one, doing it exactly the way we said, here's how, here's where, here's all that. But as soon as they got the first one, they're right on to the second one, right on to the third one. So they end up with five in a few years or nine within a few years. And that momentum carrying them to where they really want to get, that's really, really powerful. Now, looking at those students, right, they understood that there was a huge opportunity. They learned from you as far as how to identify the right property, but they also understood the business side of it, which was the operational operational side, and we're willing to do that. And obviously, if you're doing one property, it may not be worth that, but doing multiple is really where there's huge, huge opportunity. So let's segue into maybe a la the last couple of pieces, right? Which is 
you now being able to offer something where people can participate in this opportunity, but not necessarily have to be an operator. They can just be an investor. So let's talk about that briefly. And then we'll end with something I've done with the other Financial Fridays, which is you talking about the operations of this business that would support this type of investment, right? right? And the experience that you've had over the years and where you see the most important pieces of operations. So Family Legacy Homes was created to give people the opportunity to invest in these projects. The reason why you'd want to invest in versus own operate is basically how hands-off and how passive you want to be. The closer you are to it, the more work and effort you put in, the higher your return. So if you want to be more passive, just write a check, receive checks, your rate of return in this case is still significant. But if you want to be the operator, if you want to be hands-on, you're going to get a much higher rate of return. So what we do is basically we have students that are creating their homes, they're buying the homes or building the homes, starting the business, they're raising capital for it. So we match those people who have the capital who want to invest in those projects so they can participate that way. And that's kind of the, the two sides of it. This one's getting the business up and running. This one's investing in. It's a win-win for both of them. And that's what Family Legacy Homes goal is. So now talk about Because doing that, that totally makes sense, right? And we've had these discussions before where the opportunity previous to legacy homes, that was family legacy homes, homes, it wasn't purely passive, right? That there wasn't an active element to it, but now you have a, a passive opportunity. But this is where, again, the control of business is now you're delegating that to somebody else, right? So talk about how you've developed your operational understanding in regards to this industry and how you've set up your team, right, to be able to provide a successful opportunity. Good. And I always like to start with the end in mind. If you're going to be the investor, the first most important thing you're looking for is a good operator. So that's where the end in mind. So how did I get started? Hey, I was hands-on. There was nobody to teach me how to do it. There was no REL Academy. So I actually went to a caregiver training, the actual school in Arizona. It's 104 hours of training, TV test, background check, not because I'm going to be a caregiver, but because I needed to know what those caregivers were going to know. So then from there, I hired a manager. The manager then hires the caregivers and they operate that business on a day-to-day basis. Now, frankly, as an investor, you don't need to know any of that minutia, but there's so much detail that goes into what I just simplified for you. There's a manager, there's caregivers, then somebody needs to fill the home with those residents. So there needs to be marketing to fill those beds and then keep them full and the relationships and Patrick, you and I were talking about how important it is to be able to communicate and relate to people because it's not just the resident, but it's the family of, the kids, the grandkids of, and and communicating with them effectively so that this operation, this business itself has so many moving parts. So it's really a good operator is what you're looking for. Somebody who understands the business from the smallest detail all the way through and understands how to delegate and give somebody else the authority to be able to operate. My manager, I might speak to her physically once a week. We may text back and forth three or four times a week, but I'm as hands off of an operator as you possibly can be, but I've got my fingers on everything. But I've also got the right people in the right positions. They've got the empowerment, the ability to make decisions. They've got the finances to be able to carry out whatever it is they think needs to be done. So it's a well-oiled machine because of the way I've designed it to operate. Well, I would add to that, you taught it. I mean, the best way to learn something is to teach it. And you've taught it to hundreds and probably over a thousand by now. But that's the thing is you look at really business understanding and scaling a business, which this is uh, an example of that. And understanding kind of the processes at a fundamental level is is vital. 
But then in this specific business, it's, it's not just operations, it's operations of a, a specific opportunity, but there's so much of the, the personnel that needs to be in this specific persona, having an attitude or a perspective of life that isn't somewhat hard to find, right? It may not be, I don't know, you've experienced it, but I, I look at like the impatience that exists in society, right? And this is definitely not a position, you know, a position at, at one of residential home that does this type of caring, you don't have patience, like that's a, a recipe for disaster. But looking at an operator that understands a business that can hire the right people, get everything coordinated is vital to this success because it's very people intensive. And again, I want to make sure everybody listening understands, Patrick is not suggesting, neither am I, that you be a caregiver or the hands-on manager. Mm-hmm. What he's saying is to oversee that operation, you need some insight, some encouragement and so on. But it's any business. I don't care. Storage mm-hmm. units might be the only one where it's like, yes, you could just have empty rooms and make sure the locks work and I can collect money and the heat works. But uh, there's humans involved here. Don't be afraid of the idea of hiring people either. There's a lot of amazing people out there that are looking for the right spot. One of the things, Patrick, that I always find really interesting in this industry, the caregivers and the managers, they don't want to be baristas. They don't want to be a waitress. They don't want to be something else. They want to take care of these seniors. And that we started this whole conversation with this doing good and helping others. It's doing good and giving them the opportunity to help those seniors. The seniors get the help. The families get the peace of mind. And in the meantime, the money that is made is very significant. Yeah, it's, it's one of those, the successful investment, right, really comes from a successful business. And that business, the, the elements of your business, of this industry, right, you've had it by hands-on experience, by teaching it, and you know what's successful and what isn't. You know what a successful caregiver is, you know what it, what it isn't. Because if people are giving, making an investment, a return of that investment comes from people paying their rent and their family paying their rent, probably part of it. Right. And in order for it to be long term successful, they have to keep paying rent and keep being happy with the services that they're getting. Right. So it's one of those like it's a business where it's a massive opportunity, untapped opportunity, I would say. At the same time, it's one of those things where you have to have the operations down. You have to have the business down and and understand what success is and understand how to get it at a scalable level. And I wanted to touch on that because you said scalable. And I want people to understand that. One of these homes, just a single family home, can generate enough income for most people to live very comfortably. And we go through all the scenarios. You can go to those websites and you'll see it there. But think $10,000 a month after all expenses and income from just one of these homes, a residential assisted living home, $10,000 a month. Most families can get by on that comfortably. You and I, maybe not, but most people can. So if you had two or three of those in the same area, we get some of the economies of scale of the management team itself, the caregivers and so on. Imagine two or three times that amount of money. It actually makes your life easier. It's not like having one child is really hard. Having three, it's almost easier. I mean, it truly is. So the concept of that, but now bigger picture, scaling. There's students that I have that their goal is to do thousands of beds, hundreds of homes, thousands of beds. And once you get to a certain level, then the big money, the big money that is not necessarily smart money, but they've got a lot of money that wants to get into this niche, into this market right here. They're willing to write really, really large checks. And so that's what we're gearing up for. So some of the students who are coming through the training, building a big enough portfolio that the big guys are going to come in and pay multiples that'll be astronomic compared to what I would want to pay or willing to pay. They are, they do. And that's the end game. So that's two to five years out, let's say. But this opportunity really is just coming to shore now. The baby boomers aren't turning 82 for another 10 years. So you're at the right place at the right time, and this is the place to get in. Absolutely. 
Well, Gene, I, we could probably keep talking for another couple hours. We wanted to try to keep this to half an hour. I think we've gone a little beyond that. But this is, I'm super excited for your success. And I think we met just shortly after you started. And uh, to see some of those that have gone through your academy and the success that they've had, it's, it's really inspiring. And it's awesome that you're taking it to a, to a new level. So congratulations. Uh, congratulations to you. Let's give out ways which uh, our listeners can learn more about you, follow you, and learn more about the opportunity just one more time. You got it. So ralacademy.com and the Family Legacy Homes is the investment part. And then ral101.com for a free introductory training. Gene, thank you so much. Happy New Year to you and can't wait to hear about more of uh, your success. You too, Patrick. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Standard Podcast. Be sure to visit the show's official website, thewealthstandard.com for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Guest opinions are their own. If you require specific investing, financial, legal, tax, or any other specialized advice, please consult an appropriate professional. We welcome and appreciate reviews of the show. Head on over to iTunes or Stitcher to leave your review. And don't forget to subscribe to the show to get access to every new episode and exclusive interviews this season. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.